Blog Talk Radio. Tuned in to Debt Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Behrman here. Our website is debtfreewealthradio.com. If you're listening in on your mobile phone, on the web, or through iTunes podcast, welcome. Please follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash debtfreewealthradio. I invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that ultimately leads to empowering those who desire debt-free wealth to delete debt, build wealth, and protect family assets through money education, resources, and opportunities. Let me guide you to debt-free wealth. Today's topic is Glitter, Glamour, Global Gains. Yep, we're talking gold. In a recent social survey, it became almost hysterically clear that the average American is clueless about gold and silver, about value, and about the state of our buying power. In a follow-up survey where entrepreneurs were the responders to the very same question, the responses were the absolute opposite. It appears that those who are familiar with the process of creating income and leveraging strength for a profit have a better appreciation for money, value, and even precious metals. So what do you think about gold and silver? If you were faced with the option, which would you pick? I will personally send a silver coin to each person who calls or posts in the Facebook comment below this show. So if you're on my show at DebtFreeWealthRadio.com, scroll all the way down on the page, you'll see a Facebook um, box option, uh, and leave a comment there. And I will personally send a silver coin to every person who calls into the show today or leaves a comment in that Facebook section. So today I am going Mythbuster style on the information about gold and silver. Now, this social survey, which was done recently, indicated that the general public and entrepreneurs are not on the same page in the arena with regards to money versus precious metals. Are you aware that gold and silver is no longer the exclusive playground of the rich? In this show, I'm sure there will be something for the blue-collar worker, the white-collar worker, the financially savvy, and those who are financially comfortable but realize that there is no such thing as having too much money. Now, there is a video that I wish you could see, and I'm not sure that you're going to be able to hear it. Uh, I'm going to make an attempt to play it. Uh, Nope, I don't think you'll hear it. Uh, But anyway, Mark Dice is a peer of mine, and he is on the street. He has in his hand a $5 bill and a one-ounce silver dollar coin. He is approaching just people on the street, offering that they can take either one that they choose. You know, I can tell you this. I watched the whole video. It was about five five minutes long. And in that five minutes, Mark gave away $45, nine different people in his video that he captured chose the $5 bill over the one-ounce silver dollar. Now, after seeing this video, I ran the exact same question on my Facebook fan page to a bunch of entrepreneurs, and I asked them which would they pick, 
the $5 cash or the one-ounce silver coin. Let me tell you what they said. Jill Christensen said, I would so take the silver dollar. Carrie Caron said, would have chosen the silver dollar hands down. This reminds me of the offer of a penny a day that compounds each day for 30 days, um, which amounts to $1 million. That was some um, thing she did there. Then Clarissa Pritchett said she would take the silver. Fabiola Marcy said, I've seen this guy before. Duh, silver dollar. Julie Becker said, I'd take the silver dollar and ask if he had more to give away. Ha. Huh. Then Matthew Ritchie said, I agree, Trudy. It makes it much easier to provide value and gain trust connection with a, a targeted audience. Uh, this was a ex great experience um, because I, he, he realized, you know, just approaching strange people also, um, you know, it's not a great way to market your business. Um, Kim Nesbitt said, definitely the silver dollar. And Karina fell. Felhur, F-E-L-H-A-U-R, Felhur, said, I would have chosen the silver dollar hands down. Andre Williams said, silver dollar, no question. Cindy Sutton said, silver, no question. Neosha Yaki said, the silver dollar every time. Now, these are entrepreneurs. I know this to be true because we're in a tribe together. So these are all entrepreneurs, and all of them, hands down, would have picked the silver dollar. I mean, I checked market prices today, and the silver bullion is retailing on the on the um, the big retail sites for between thirty three and thirty six dollars. So I was blown away when I watched Mark Dice's video to see how many people took the five dollar cash over the silver dollar. Five dollars cash versus the silver dollar, which which is worth today thirty three or thirty six dollars, and it, were saying that, you know, $5 was $5 and a silver dollar was $4 less. They just did not understand it. So my eyebrows hit my hairline when I read the responses from these entrepreneurs. Why is it that entrepreneurs have a greater appreciation for silver than for cash? So when I saw this response, it triggered further research, and it, it literally came to my conclusion that, that I mentioned at the top of the show, that those who are familiar with the process of creating income and leveraging strength for a profit have a better appreciation for money, value, and even precious metals. You see, those who create income really operate on a completely different mental pathway than those who simply extend their hands to receive an income. Both sets of individuals may be very hard worker, but the employee trades time for money. The entrepreneur uses time, the employee's time, to create money. It is really like driving down parallel streets. So give, to give you a live example, when I hire an assistant to teach a class that I've created, and I pay that person $75 to teach that class, but that class generates, say, $500 cash. And this actually happened last night. Now, without my being physically present, I created a $75 employee payout to that person, but it was a $425 payout to me. Now, this person may feel elated to have earned $25 an hour, but I basically earned $141 an hour net to me, and I wasn't even there. Now, if I ask that same person, to consider doing what I do and take the risks that I take to maybe, maybe make the money that I make. Most people with an employee mindset would not be willing. If I advertise a 25-per-hour job, 
I'd probably have a long line of takers. But if I advertise a 150-hour business opportunity, I would not have as many. If any, I'm not even sure if I'd have any lining up to hear what I have to share. And this is this is this is very sad because you know what, guys, you you can not only buy gold and silver, but you can actually be in the business of gold and silver. You can be in the business of gold and silver for about the price of what it costs for an ounce, uh, a quarter ounce of silver, a quarter ounce of gold. I'm sorry. But more on that in a bit. There is definitely separate paths for those who hold out their hand for a paycheck and for those who create the opportunity that generates a paycheck. Now, the world cannot survive if everyone is a head honcho. We actually do need workers, and together we all make the world go round. But the equalizing factor is that most people, entrepreneur or employee, would probably agree that there is no such thing as having too much money. So keep listening in, and regardless of who you are, let's talk about a strategy to generate more money for our reality. To have more money does not always mean that we have to add more hours to our workday. Taking on a second or third job doing or doing overtime is, is one way to go, but I bet it's not the best way for adding to your quality of life experiences. In fact, I think it will do just the opposite. So I want to start with bursting two big myths. This is Mythbuster Salaire, so pervasive out there that you have heard it or maybe you've even thought it or said it. That first myth is broke people can't save. And the second myth is broke people can't get rich. Now, I will agree that it is extremely hard for someone who is broke to imagine taking money that is already probably stretched too tight and save something out of it. I will agree because that was my experience. And during the economic recession, that actually became my personal challenge. You see, my husband and I live in Florida, and it was one of the hardest hit States. And to make it even worse, we were both in the real estate industry at the time. He was a billing contractor. I was a real estate broker. And that was during the worst real estate bubble to burst in the history of histories. Saving money back then seemed impossible. And even though I gave it the Boy Scout try, I kept failing big time. And I re- realized it was practically insane to keep trying an an attempt that was clearly not working, putting money in jars, creating undisclosed savings account. None of those options worked. Whenever there was a situation, and it didn't even need to be a major crisis, I would always find myself dipping into that cash that I set aside supposedly as savings. So at the end of the month, there was no money or worse, we were in the negative because when we needed money for something and there was none left over, We were swiping that credit card. You cannot move forward towards wealth if at the end of the month you have no money. You've got to have a little bit more money than you have spent if you want to be $1 towards wealth. Now, saving is not necessarily a wealth-building strategy in itself, but it is definitely a strategy or a component of a strategy, even if that saving is just to finance the emergency fund. Because I tell you what, guys, if you don't have at least enough money set aside for an emergency fund, emergencies will happen. And when they happen, 
and you must find money. If you don't have the cash, you know, the little stash you thought you were saving, you're going to dip into it. Or worse, you're going to swipe that card and you're way deeper in debt. So there are other wealth building strategies, but let's just agree that if you run out of money before the end of the month, there is no way that you can be on your path to personal wealth. So as I reviewed our personal finances, I realized that the gold and silver that I had bought some time before, because, you know, I bought it because I just thought that's what rich people did. And before the economic crisis, when we were a little bit more financially comfortable, I began to implement strategies that I saw those who did what I wanted. You know, I was duplicating the behaviors of those who had achieved what I wanted. So I started buying gold and silver because, you know, as far as I was concerned, that's what rich people did, and I wanted to be on my way to increasing our, 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 personal, our personal wealth. So I did what rich people did, and I went and I bought some gold and silver. But let me just tell you right here, even back then, my mindset was wrong. My mindset was wrong. The more that I bought of gold and silver is the more that I found that it was not just rich people who bought gold and silver, but the public tends to think so. The average person thinks like I used to, that only rich people buy gold and silver. So if they do not perceive themselves to be at least financially comfortable, then buying gold and silver was not even something that they were willing to have in a conversation, let alone in a vault somewhere. So which takes me to myth number one. Broke people can't save. Broke people can't save. That's the big pervasive myth out there. Now, my family of four was on a recent road trip, and we stopped at a drive-thru to buy food, and we spent in excess of $30. Do you know that if we decided to bypass that trip, properly prepare and pack a more affordable and healthier lunch, that I could have rerouted that $30 and bought a one-ounce silver bullion piece? That, my friend, is what you call strategy. So let me ask you, what is your spending plan? I bet, I bet that if I were to look through your expenditures, if you would give me a peek at your ATM sheet, your, your, your financial statement, your bank, your bank statement, your credit card statement, that I could easily find $30 of spending that you could have done differently. Strategy. I can tell you, I know people on food stamps with cash assistance that still have $30 of spending that they could have done differently and possibly bought a piece of silver instead. Do you realize that buying a piece of silver means that at the end of the money you've basically saved that money? You're still looking at it. You're still looking at that money you had. But I have personally found and proved it to be true and, and I'm telling you, I, my peers, the, the, the teams that I'm on, together they have in excess of 50,000 of us, and we're all doing the same thing. And all of us have accumulated gold and silver. And by extension, we have generated a wealth for ourselves that we may not have otherwise saved if we had tried to hold that same money in cash. Now, these people I'm talking about, they're all in the same business with me, okay? We are all gold and silver sales executives, and we put our money where our mouth is. We buy into what we do. So we're not just out there talking about this. We actually do this. And just the process of purchasing that gold and silver and setting it aside as, a, as against trying to save that money in cash has just put us on a completely different pathway. So I'm not just talking about my experience. I can tell you this is happening time and time again with the people that are, are around me, 
Okay, so there is a psychology that comes with the purchasing of that gold and silver that takes that cash out of the spending pool and now puts it into a different form that we now deposit into our wealth box. At the end of the month, that $30 is still basically in hand because guess what? If I'm truly in a crisis, I can convert my gold and silver back to cash. Now, I'm not talking about going to the pawn shop. They will not give you what you're, what it's worth because they're getting ready to sell it back, smelt it, whatever. There are ways to liquidate your gold and silver that are the, the right ways to go, but that's a, that's a show for another day. The point is... If you're truly in a crisis, your gold and silver can be converted back to cash, but just the process of that extra step makes us less tempted. In fact, in my personal case, I've never been tempted at all, ever, to to trade out one piece that I've ever bought to fund something that has come up, unlike when I tried to save in cash. So the month ends, and guess what? There is now an accumulation of my wealth, and that was not happening before. So... Let me challenge you right now. Go through your financial records, a.k.a. your spending plan, and see where you could have rerouted money towards your future wealth. Now, did you really need another pair of shoes last month? Did you really need to have so many meals away from home? Even if you have not put together an official budget, you still have one by default. I know a lot of people hate the word budget, but organized or not, you have been operating on a spending plan. And if I were to look through your checking record, your credit card statement, the receipts that are in your wallet, I could easily use those pieces of information and create what is really and truly the reality of your spending plan, your supposed budget, the, the one by default. So what would it show? What would your spending plan show? Would it show that you actually have been giving the month, say, in, at the bank, say, an extra $300 a month extra in overdraft fees? Yeah, that's a nice way to, that's a nice thing to have in your budget, right? Or maybe, although you didn't pay your electric bill, that you have a dining out expense of $250, you know, courtesy of McDonald's and Olive Garden. I don't know. Now, next week, I am going to do a show on how, how to use your spending plan to create wealth. But the point I'm really trying to make right now is that most people blow 30 or more dollars every month. And if you were operating on an effective spending plan, you could probably find that $30 and put it towards your future wealth. Now, here is the other part that really makes this strategy unique. Gold and silver tends to be the great protector of financial worth. And what do I mean by that? Well, it might be easier understood with this analogy. I'm a female, and there are times when I have a really difficult jar to open. So what do I do? I hand it off to my husband, and in one quick twist, pop, the jar opens. Now, that right there is an observation that his strength required him to put out less effort to do the same job. Here I was twisting and twisting and twisting. I couldn't get it open. A lot of work, a lot of effort, couldn't get it done. One little twist, he got it done. Same thing with money. Money value is best understood by the public via price. And that's not really the best way to go, but it is what is out there. People understand money by price, but I guarantee it's not really a good way to understand money. So let's say, for example, you pay $3 for gas today, and tomorrow it's $3.25. Oh, I think it's closer to $4 today, but let's just use these numbers right now. 
you know, everybody's going to say that the price of gas went up. They're not going to look at it that the strength of their money went down, but actually it, the money has gotten weaker. It is like me being unable to open the jar. When the dollar is weak, it takes more dollars to achieve the same goal. So it's the same like it took me more strength to achieve the same goal. When your dollar is weaker, it takes more dollars to achieve the same goal. But most people see that price went up, and they're ready to blame the entrepreneur, you know, the, the wicked shopkeeper who's jacking up his prices. But the fact of the matter is it is going to take more dollars to achieve the same goal. Well, gold and silver, on the other hand, is like my strong husband who in one twist opened the jar. Same jar, same moment in time, but it took him less effort to open the jar than it took me. So it's a, it's a strength of gold and silver's value versus the weakness of the dollar. So let's go back to silver again. If I use 30 cash dollars and bought a piece of silver today, but next week I needed $35 to buy the same silver, did silver really go up? Well, guess what? One ounce of silver today is still one ounce of silver tomorrow is still one ounce of silver next week. What changed? Silver, it's still one ounce of silver. But what changed was I needed more dollars to buy the silver. But guess what? That silver that I bought last week for $30, if I trade it in today, I will get $35 in cash. So the fact is that that silver tends to retain its value while money does not. One gallon of gas today will be one gallon of gas tomorrow will be one gallon of gas next week. If it takes me $3 to buy that one gallon today and $3.25 to buy the same item next week, the item didn't change, but it required more dollars. The dollar got weaker. It required more dollars to buy the same item. So the value of gold and silver don't tend to depreciate the same way a new car does the moment you drive it off the showroom floor. Now, if you were to, to choose to adopt this strategy that I'm talking about and look through your spending plan to see if there was any way you could reroute some of those monies to better use and you use some of that money in gold and silver as an alternative saving strategy, because for most of us, saving cash is not working and cash is a deteriorating asset, then this strategy not only allows you to have more money left over at the end of your month in the form of gold and silver, but with each passing month, if all you did was bought one piece of silver bullion, then this month it's 30, next month it's 60, the following month you have 90, the following month after that you've got $120. And for a lot of people, a lot of people cannot find $120 right now if I said find it right this hot second. But if you are saving that in bullion, like I said, that psychology stops you from spending it. You probably will accumulate it. So not only can broke people save using this strategy, but who will deny the wealth feature of owning and holding gold and silver? Again, the public perception is gold and silver is a playground of, of the rich. But I tell you something, when you hold a couple pieces of gold and silver in your hand, it won't take long before you begin to feel rich. And if you keep your gold and silver in the bank safety deposit box vault, then I tell you what, having that bank rep escort you into the vault is an experience of itself.
And it will begin to add to your sense of feeling wealthy. That confidence begins to build up. You're walking into a bank vault. I promise you, it is a different experience. The average Joe does not have that. Now, it only costs like 55 bucks a year to have a small safety deposit box. And a small safety deposit box can hold thousands of dollars worth of gold and silver. And I tell you what, when I had to upgrade to a bigger vault drawer, I knew I was onto something. Because before then, using the cash strategy in an emergency, not only was I dipping into my savings, which left me with zero savings, but worse, in many emergencies, we resorted to swiping that credit card, which upped or debt. We no longer have that, but that was our former experience. Now, I used to be a Forex trader, and I used to enjoy watching the financial charts. I no longer trade currency because I no longer value cash. The value changes so fast. It was just sucking my life out of me. It was causing so much stress, and that translated into losses. Honestly, guys, to trade Forex, you need to maintain clear and stress-free thinking. But I still watch charts for the movement of gold and silver. And there has been a daily up and down movement within a band, a lower band of support and an upper band of resistance. And gold has been tracking sideways in that band for about 75 weeks or so. All traders know that sideways movement in a band is a wait and see stall to see who is going to make the next run, the bulls or the bears. Personally, I think gold is going to see the $2,000 mark in 2013. I could be wrong, but with the banks around the world stocking up on gold and the World Gold Council indicating that the banks are pretty much silently returning to the gold standard or at least making the holding of gold a bigger priority, I cannot see how that demand will not show up in higher prices for gold and silver later on. Now, earlier in July, in January of this month, in January of 2013, the U.S. Mint ran out of silver dollars. They ran out. They had no more to sell, and they temporarily suspended sales. I can't tell you how many panic calls I got during that week. If I had any that I was prepared to sell, I would have made quite a nice profit. But here's a joke. If I did sell that silver it would have taken me the same cash to replace it. So I wouldn't really be better off if I wanted to replace my silver because silver holds its value better than cash does. We have about four minutes left in the show, guys. Broke people really can't save. They can save one silver dollar at a time. Now, today, one gram of gold is about 70 bucks. 70 bucks! $70. Are you going to tell me that if I looked at your spending record that I could not challenge you on how you spent 70 bucks in your credit card list or in your bank statement list? Would it be really that hard for me to find $70 that you could probably have opted to spend differently or use towards building your wealth? Listen, guys, don't worry about the daily changes in gold and silver prices because, you know, gold and silver follows the money movement. So, at the end of the day, you pretty much have the same buying power as you did in cash. Here's an even bigger nugget to think about. If you did not purchase the gold and silver just because you are watching the, the movement of the price, would you still have the discipline to save your cash? Most of you, if you're honest, the answer is no. 
So if you try to tell me, well, Trudy, the gold price of gold is down. If I bought gold last week, I'd be in a lost position. Well, I, I think I've already established that gold and silver tend to reflect, at the very minimum, the current buying power of your cash. So you, whatever the value of your cash is and the value of gold and silver is, your, your gold and silver is going to reflect your current buying power of your cash. So at the minimum, the point I'm making here is that if you choose not to buy the gold and silver at the end of the month, would you have alternative, alternatively saved that cash? Three months later, would you still have that cash saved? Most people will find that if they choose to save in cash, something will come up and they will spend that cash. But if you chose to buy gold and silver, regardless of what the price is, there's a strong chance that you will still have the gold and silver in your hand and the ability to liquidate it if you desperately needed it. So the strategy of saving in gold and silver is a solid strategy that not only allows you to accumulate wealth, but to accumulate it in gold and silver, which is by all definition the playground of the rich. So, guys, join us next week. We'll be talking about spend your way to wealth. Learn how now. I know budget is a nasty word for many, but even those who are financially comfortable realize that they would be better off if they followed a budget, but even then they hate that word. Nevertheless, you need a budget. And my special guest, Jesse Meacham, will show us how we can actually spend our way to wealth with a budget, or as I like to call it, a spending plan. So join us next week when Jesse Meacham of youneedabudget.com will be on with me. And So guys, did we do it? Did we deliver value to you today? If so, please give us some love in return. Give me some love. Like my page. Comment below. I hope you do. All right, Trudy Berman here with, to, with Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Thank you for joining me today, and I look forward to having you back next week.